Hello and welcome to Bird's Eye View, a podcast about the birds of the United States and the world in which they live. We take a bird's eye view as we discuss a variety of topics related to birds, birding, and the natural world. This is Matthew Radford, your host. I am sitting here today in eastern Oklahoma. It is already about 90 degrees at 9 in the morning. It's going to be hot. Our 10-day forecast has every day above 100 degrees. So needless to say, the birding is very slow. In my case, mostly because I tend to get slow in this hot weather. I spend as much time I can as I can in the AC. That being said, recently we have got out a little bit. We've been delighted to find some fledgling eastern screech owls, for example. We go out in the evening as the sun goes down in some southern host oak hills south of Tulsa and listen to Chuckwill's widows, sometimes whippoorwills, and then eastern screech owls. We found a great breeding population there and two weekends ago found four babies in a family group. So I say babies, but they're several months old, obviously. So although birding is slow, we're getting out a little bit. We're getting close to late summer migration. We should start seeing some shorebirds come through next time we get a good rain at the sod farms. Well, this is actually my first podcast and my first episode of my first podcast. And as I move forward and record and share podcasts, I'm always going to have a birding backstory, share something about birds that's kind of fun or interesting that people may not know. Since this is my first podcast, I think I will share my birding backstory. Kind of tell you, perhaps let you know a little bit more about me, kind of my birding history, kind of when and why I started birding some of my spark birds from the Idaho farm where I grew up, my transition eventually into college where I really learned a lot more about birds and had some real mentoring in the birding world, then a little hiatus and my return to birding more recently, and then birding today, who I bird with, some fun recent trips, and what I like to chase around the country. So I grew up in southeast Idaho in a beautiful 40-acre family farm, alfalfa, oats, but there was also significant woods. There's probably five acres of native cottonwoods and several acres of native riparian dogwoods, willows, cottonwoods, which I'm blessed to still own. My mom gifted me the riparian zone, which is just full of birds. So I grew up hunting and fishing in southeast Idaho, but realized early I loved birds and would pay a lot of attention to birds. It's really, there were some spark birds that kept me interested, but I was really born loving to watch birds. I thought I would mention five spark birds that I actually saw on the Idaho farm and just a great list of birds, a calliope hummingbird, yellow-billed cuckoo, mountain chickadee, evening grosbeak, and great gray owl. For many people, those are highly sought-after birds, and I was able to see them all in my youth in the 80s on the Idaho farm. I was sitting at the farm kitchen window one day in the small farmhouse where my mom and dad raised nine kids, 
looking out over a hummingbird feeder. I just put up a simple hummingbird feeder. For a lot, all I remember, it was probably homemade. In the fall there, we had a lot of rufous hummingbirds that would migrate through and stop, sometimes dozens at a time. There was always a summer black-chinned hummingbird that would stay around the yard. But I was delighted one day to see a calliope hummingbird come in, sitting there watching the uh, hummingbird feeder during spring. And for about 30 seconds, a beautiful purple gorgeted male calliope hummingbird came in. I, I was just wide-eyed and in shock that I could watch that hummingbird and get a calliope lifer in the yard. It came for about 30 seconds. It was gone, and I waited and waited and waited for hours, and it never came back, but I was so delighted to see it. Another spark bird in the yard, we had a big row of willows and, of course, a lot of cottontails, a lot of caterpillars. I saw a bird I could not identify feeding on the caterpillars, several of them. One flew down, and I got a quick look at its basic features, its undertail coverts, etc. And I didn't know what it was. I did not know much about birds. I described it the best I could. I wrote down field marks. I asked a couple local scout leaders that knew a little about birds. They didn't know. And I was just thumbing through books randomly, and there it was. It stood out plain as day based on the black and white undertail coverts and its behavior of feeding on caterpillars in the willows. It was a yellow-billed cuckoo. I was just, again, delighted. Another spark bird was a mountain chickadee. I always fed chickadees in the winter, but again, one winter on the Idaho farm there, a mountain chickadee descended and spent the winter in mom's lilac bush feeding on my black oil sunflower seeds and bread. And I just, I loved seeing that bird. Again, it was an obvious lifer for me that I didn't get up and bird, get out and bird much. I just tried to watch birds around the farm. So it visited me on the farm. Those same feeders I was blessed were full of evening grosbeaks every year. So I did spend a lot of time in the winter sitting and just watching massive flocks of evening grosbeaks feeding on black oil sunflower seeds. Of course, they don't nest very far away from the farm. They Right up in the mountains is where they nest. So they would descend into the valleys and, and feed every winter. And another great spark bird for me. And then I really took for granted in the winter, we would have great gray owls again descend out of the same habitat where the evening grosbeaks spent the summer. They would descend and feed in the oak, or excuse me, feed in the cottonwoods cottonwood edges at the edge of the fields in the barley and oats fields, the stubble fields. And I had we had great gray owls commonly on the farm, sometimes five or six on the farm in the winters. Another great spark bird that I've taken for granted. I don't know that I've seen one since I was a youth on the farm. As I moved away and moved out east and did different things, I don't know that I saw one. As I got older, eventually went to college College was a real amazing leap forward for birding because I took an ornithology class. I got to know Dr. Charles Trost, who is a pika pika. Back then it was pika pika, black belt magpie researcher. And when I could really take a class and get immersed in birding and have so many people around me that love birding 
and that would take me out birding. It was just amazing. That's when I really leapt forward in my love of ornithology more broadly and was able to see a lot of birds. Eventually, I kind of fell away from birding, or I, I did altogether. I got up into graduating from college, a career, life, kids, and I didn't bird for several decades. I got back into birding when I took a job in Montana, and my youngest son, Levi, was old enough to start birding with me, and we started birding again in about 2013 when I was in Montana. We saw just incredible birds there that first summer and in subsequent summers. As we as we birded Montana together, we saw Sprague's pipit, red-throated grebe, we saw Baird Sparrow, we saw Nelson Sparrow, just just some great birds. Chestnut colored longspur. So in about 2013 that interest was really sparked again and we started birding a lot together. Uh, Levi and I since then have birded all over Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, several trips to Texas all along the Gulf Coast, from whooping cranes at Aransas down to the classic green jays in the Rio Grande Valley. We've been to West Texas, Arizona, just seen some great, great birds. Uh, actually, being in Oklahoma, where we moved in 2012, I worked between Montana and Oklahoma, where I lived. We started seeing a lot of birds and really started venturing out. Today, I bird primarily with three other people. Levi the most, my youngest son, who's a, starting his freshman year at OSU, Oklahoma State. My partner, Virginia, who started, always loved birds, but started birding when I could really help her get into birding more. And she traveled to see me in Georgia, where she got her kind of a spark bird, Swainson's Warbler, in Smithgall Woods. Since then, her and I birded in Maine, Kansas, Texas, and she has great lifers. Grace's Warbler, she's seen Atlantic Puffins, she's seen Swainson's Warblers, Whooping Cranes, just she sees some great birds. And then the third person I bird with regularly is a good friend, Jim Kettlecamp in Iowa, who I met working in 2019 in Iowa. And since then, Jim and I have birded in Iowa, Michigan, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. And he's going to be a guest on my on a future podcast. You know, my main my main quest in birding is to see all the perulans. As I was a kid, I would sit and thumb through the eastern warbler pictures and just was in awe of the incredible warblers that were there in the east. Chestnut sided, golden winged, blue winged. Just I was in awe and wondered if I'd ever get to see them. So I've been I've been on that quest to see 50 species of nor warblers in the uh, 48 states. I have seen 48 of them. The only two I have left are red-faced and hermit to complete 50. Now, there are a few species that dip up from Mexico. I could certainly get 52 or 53 eventually, perhaps. But right now I have 48 and I want to get 50 and I'm awful close. I've been blessed to see Colima warbler in, in Chisos Basin, Kirtland's warbler in Michigan, golden-cheeked warbler in Texas, Connecticut warbler I caught migrating through Iowa, American, or excuse me, painted red start in Arizona. Just seen some great birds. I got Grace's warbler and Kirlima warbler this year 
in the Davis Mountains and then down to Chisos Basin. Well, that's probably enough today for a birding backstory. That's kind of where I came from, what I have done. I live now in eastern Oklahoma, and I look forward to doing more podcasts. I want to hear from you. If you would please send me an email, radfordbirds, R-A-D-F-O-R-D-B-I-R-D-S, radfordbirds at gmail.com. If you've listened to the podcast, I would love a shout out where you're from, what you love about birding, a topic you think would be great for a podcast, or if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, what you think a topic would be that we could talk about. So I'm excited for this journey, start this podcast. I have some amazing guests already lined up. I just need to spend time doing it and get them uploaded for your enjoyment, hopefully. Again, I appreciate you listening. This is Matthew Radford, your host. Thank you for joining Bird's Eye View.